This, this, this is straight, straight, straight out of Crumpton with your host, Greg Crumpton. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another fantastic episode of Straight Out of Crumpton. I'm Tyler Kern, and I'm joined, as always, by the man himself. It's Mr. Greg Crumpton. Greg, how are you after this uh, Memorial Day weekend, sir? Well, it, I'm great, Tyler. Uh, I just went into the house a while ago, and I was talking to my wife, and I said, Hey, what time's your workout? She said, I don't work out on Tuesday. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Tuesday, because mentally, I'm still Monday-ish. Uh, so what that means is we have 80% of our week to get the week uh, 100% done. So uh, we got to hustle. Yeah, Kinda yeah. hustle. How about we you? Rent, How was your weekend? We got to hustle up. Uh, my weekend was great. Good, um, good, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had uh, had some AC problems. Almost thought I had to call you for a second. Um, all the way from Florida to, to conference in and help me out with my, my AC hey, problems. I've but, got a guy. I've got a guy over there. <laughs> you let me know next time. I will. I will. We got it. We got it solved. And so, uh, so we're good. But, uh, we're pumped to be back with another episode of Straight Out of Crumpton. And today, our guest is Steve Ray. He's the president and CEO of Restore Global. We're going to hear a little bit more about res- what Restore does, what Steve does, and, uh, and also, as always, talk about relationships and how important they are to our personal and business lives. And so, uh, Steve, thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to Straight Out of Crumpton. Oh, it's such a delight to be here, be with Greg and you, Tyler. It's uh, I actually love the podcast. I am an avid listener to the podcast, and it's exciting to be a part of it. Thank you for allowing me to be a guest. Hey, that, that was even unsolicited. I mean, how do you beat that? <laughs> yeah, you got to pay for advertising like that most no of doubt. the time. Uh, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. Well, really do appreciate uh, Mr. Ray's taking time and joining us, and, and as we talked a little before record, uh, we've tried this a couple of times, and, and my schedule seemed to always get in the way, but he was so super flexible and helpful. So really great to be able to finally get this underway and talk about, really talk about us and, and Restore Global and how we met and, and what they do and such a, a phenomenal uh, nonprofit. And, um, but first of all, Stephen, I, I reflected back over the weekend and thinking about when you and I first met and how all that came about. Do you remember that? Uh, I think I do. Yes, it was through uh, the, the barbers. That's right. So Howie and Beth have both been on the podcast, and uh, it, I think it was uh, through the uh, raising uh, money for the cancer, the, the Take a Slice Out of Cancer mm-hmm. program. Mm-hmm. I think so. You know, when, when you first said barber, I thought you meant, you know, getting the haircut. Hey, and I looked easy, at Greg and easy. I thought I thought, surely that's not surely that's not it. It could surely it could have been thirty it. years ago, Tyler, okay. Okay. Yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> I apologize. I apologize. Now we, we do go back a ways and um it's been such a, a, a journey to, to watch you guys at Restore Global and what you do and, and some of the, the just phenomenal things you do. So First of all, tell us what you do, and then I want to tell you, I want to tell our listeners um, and anybody interested how how you were able to define the moment for me, uh, That because I just couldn't, I, I was just trying to grasp it, like, what does this mean, how does it help, and then finally you gave me a real-life example um, that I was like, ah, now I got it. So tell us in proper terminology about you and, and Restore and how you how you came into to existence and why you're there. Thanks, Greg. Restore Global, you know, I, I've spent 
the first third, first half of my career in the in the mega global nonprofit world. Um, and organizations like that, even with with as much as large as they were, still struggled with investing money in infrastructure. And, and if I'm running a business, um, you know, I, I don't think twice about investing in sales or service or accounting or HR infrastructure, the things that I need to do to improve my business the, to be the best I possibly can. But in nonprofits, culturally, we struggle with that. You know, the boards and the donors are all looking to say, you must invest in program money. We don't want to see a lot of money in, in, in your fundraising or your administration. And, and it's always been a problem. You know, nonprofits, really any organization would struggle if they can't make good investments in operating well. Uh, they, it has a limit on their impact. They can't uh, recruit appropriate staff. Um, there, there's just a lot of issues with that. And, and Are pay EDs the proper amount of money? That's true. Them? That's true. And, and so as we work through those things, I, I realized I'm never going to change the culture. It's just a part of the way that the nonprofit industry is in America today. But what I can do if I want to serve our community is I can serve the nonprofits in a way that their operation and infrastructure, I can serve them in programs that help them do better. I can take away those barriers that the EDs are facing, that the staff are facing, so that they spend their time and energy focused on their outreach, because that's the people they're recruiting. That's the people that work in nonprofits. So what we've done is we've built a suite of programs uh, that, that help nonprofits do that. Greg, I think you've heard me say this before. I, I make this metaphor. You know, nonprofits are like an art colony where they recruit artists, they bring in artists and, and they want to do art. And everybody that works at this art nonprofit just wants to do art. But sometimes you have to lay bricks in the back. Sometimes you got to have ants to go with art, right? Yes, you do. And so what happens is in most nonprofits, um, what happens is they, they take the artist and make them lay bricks. Well, what that means is the bricks aren't straight, the artists aren't happy, and nothing really works well. So what we've said is we are a nonprofit ourselves. Our job is to make a difference in our community. And what we want to do is, is to partner with the nonprofits to help them do well. And Greg, you know, we're similar to another one of a, another nonprofit that you and I care deeply about, which is Aparo. They do something very, very similar. They serve nonprofits so that they can take away, we take away those operational issues so that they focus on what they do well. And if we can do that, then they can increase their impact. And when they increase their impact, we all win because ultimately what we want to see is an improvement and a greater impact in our community with those who most need. And, and you know, Adrian was on, Adrian Craighead was on uh, with us and we talked about that. Like, how, how do you help nonprofits? Well, you, you strengthen them in areas that they're weak in. And maybe it's, you know, who, who knows? And in Adrian's case, it's IT and, and you know, everything digital. And uh, that's where they play the role. It, it really is. And Adrian is a, is a rock star. And that was a great podcast. I mean, it really was great. And Kim and I are very close friends. And I promise I'm not going to recruit Adrian from Kim's. But, but um, you know. That, I'll, let you, I'll let you two do okay, that. Yeah, out. we'll find it. She, no, I'm, I'm afraid of Kim's. <laughs> She's awesome. She really is. Kim is a rock star. Uh, in our industry, which is capacity building nonprofits. Community Tool Bank of Charlotte is another one. It's these nonprofits that just want to serve our community by serving the nonprofits. And that's, that's just what we do. Now, we do a variety of different geeky things. We capture a large volume of corporate excess and distribute it to the nonprofits. 
Uh, we give them access to some of the largest corporate buying groups. Um, we, we do a lot of global logistics. We move a lot of humanitarian assets to really challenging places in the world. Um, and like right now, we're facing issues trying to get uh, pet veterinary supplies and pharmaceuticals into Thailand. Thailand border has been closed because of India, because of the pandemic. So, you know, we try to work through all those issues for some of our global partners. Um, but because of that, it allows us, those services allows us to serve the communities that we serve as well. The small nonprofits that just need access to baby wipes or clothes or technology or whatever it is they need, uh, we'll track that down and we'll find it for them. That platform has expanded, you know, considerably over the first time that you and I talked because, um, you know, I've been able to meet with you over the years and, and watch these things develop. And, you know, sometimes we, we would sit at Starbucks and have coffee on Arrowwood Road and go, what in the world are we going to do now? Um, and then you figure it out. And then here comes, you know, Steve Ray plan 4.0. And you, you, you just keep grinding on this stuff and you make it work. But so I want to go back to uh, the, the experience where I finally got it. And um, it was when you were doing more corporate excess placement than you were doing the others, like the buying groups. I think it's phenomenal since you've come through with that. And um, but the, the one that I remember most was after Hurricane Sandy, um, Company X donated a 10,000 shovels to move sand um, appropriately for Sandy. Um, but in order to move sand, you need a square shovel. You do not need a round shovel. However, you got 10,000 round shovels. So instead of, and this is my terminology, not yours, so I'm, I'm using, uh, I'm going to tell the story how I remember it, and it's kind of accurate. But you found a home for those 10,000 round shovels and took the proceeds that you were able to gain from those shovels and then reapply that money back towards Sandy for more appropriate items uh, that were in need. So um, we, when you told me that uh, story, I was like thinking, okay, now I get it. I get the fact that regardless of the intent of a company donating goods or services, you can't always control what you're going to get but you took you know the old lemonade or, or made, you, you took the lemons and you made lemonade so that to me Stevens when when I first got it mm -hmm. so yeah it was it was it was a it, thank you it was a great time uh Greg you were you know you're an entrepreneur and, and as we were trying to develop this new idea uh, you kept me off the ledge many times. You back. I would always say, if I need, if I'm getting close to the ledge, Craig's going to pull me back and bring some sanity back into me, allow me to focus on building this. But, but the funny thing is, as we talk about um, the deployment of assets, what's the, the the secret of our sauce is not really the stuff we do. I mean, what we do is powerful and impactful, but the secret of our sauce, Craig, is the relationships we have with the nonprofits. We invest. We invest a lot of time and money and resources it's a it's a functional part of our structure because we we have these relationships with all of these different types of nonprofits and and what that allows us to do is is to do things like if a hurricane hits the east coast we can receive the millions of pounds of pet food and pet supplies and because of our relationships with existing relationships with the 
with the itty bitty small nonprofits all over the East Coast, we can make sure that there's none of that gift is wasted. We can deploy it to hundreds um, to different nonprofits. And the fun thing about us is, is I love the relationships with the, the big giant nonprofits, the small nonprofits, you know, it, it's those organizations that we really care about. Cause that's when you see people pouring their hearts and their lives into something in our society that needs help and you can come in behind them and support them and serve them. And that's just, that is why we exist just to really be able to engage with them. It, it, it's just, it's so heartwarming uh, for lack of a better term when, because you help people do what they are intending to do. And I just, you know, if, if uh, pet company B says, okay, we're going to, here's two tractor trailers full of dog food. They don't have any way to get that stuff distributed to the right people like you do. But you're, as you said, the relationships you have with, you know, Hurry County Animal Shelter or whoever, uh, you're able to distribute the stuff so that you're allowing maximum good out of the donated item. And I, I find that the other thing that you guys do that just tickles me to death, for lack of a better word, is the medical supply redeployment. You know, we're, as a country, uh, the U.S., we're very particular about our, our expiration dates, uh, probably to a fault. And just because there's a, a pack of, of alcohol swabs that says it's a month out of date, uh, we can't use those here in a clinic. But the rest of the world doesn't care what that expiration date is. They're thrilled to have a freaking alcohol swab. Yeah, we. It, it's one of the cool things. And sometimes, you know, with expiry dates, it depends on the company, depends on the country, you know, but we'll still find a way. So one time we had uh, an example where ultrasound machine was to the point where I could not ethically deploy it for human use outside the U.S. I mean, it was just, it was, but we found a humane society that can handle it. So, you know, we will find a place to deploy assets. The last thing we want to see is assets that have a useful life to sit into a, a landfill. You know, we have a, one of the hospitals in, in Charlotte um, it, it deploys, ex, you know, as, they, as the expiry comes close to baby formula, uh, they give that give us that excess formula so they know that we can deploy that so it's not going to be tossed away. The last thing you want to see is these resources being thrown away every single every single month. Well, they give that to us, and we'll, we can deploy it. Sometimes if it's expired, like baby formula, if it's expired, we can go to kittens. You know, but we can make sure that it's going to be used. It's not going to be wasted. But, you know, what? Here, all right, here's a fascinating thing for me. Here you are running this massive, you know, platform with all these different tentacles touching thousands of people and, and thousands of nonprofits. I don't, I, I don't even know the number anymore, but, but you're able to remember one ultrasonic machine, you know, how in the world, and I know you have a great team of folks with you. I, I know it's not all you, but how, how in the world do you keep up with all this stuff, man? Because I know you get deluged with stuff on a continual basis. I, I do. And it, and it's, it's not as easy as it used to be because you're right. Our, our membership since we've, since you and I have just last talked is tripled. Um, but um, Greg, it, it's like anybody else. Um, when you love what you do and you pay attention, you remember those things. And when you and when you want to remember someone's name, you remember their name because you pay attention. 
Or I write it down. I have a thing in my phone when I sit at restaurants. I write down my server's names because if I know I'm coming back because I want to remember it. But but when you take time and those things are important, if they're important to you and you pay attention, you'll remember it. That's so true. My my mom, who was a, a crazy little redheaded lady, um, she always said, you know, we make time and we remember the things we choose to. And uh, that's so that's that's really accurate. Um I'm laughing internally at some of her stuff. <laughs> Maybe some stuff that's not arable, but funny, funny nonetheless. So, all right. So you talked a, a little bit about, uh, you know, you guys are, are headquartered in Charlotte, North Carolina, which is where I was when we met. Uh, so now you're sitting in Florida somewhere. So tell us how your, your geography is expanding and, and why. So, Greg, you know, I, I shared what's the secret of our sauce. What's really most important for us is the relationships. And the only way that we can maintain relationships with the nonprofits we serve, especially the community of nonprofits, is to put a warehouse in their site. So what we've done is we've, we've launched our first expansion warehouse, uh, and we're in the, in the uh, Manatee, Sarasota, Charlotte counties, uh, just south of Tampa. Um, with our goal to serve the regional nonprofits here. Now, I chose this area for two reasons, not because I love Florida and it's, the sunsets are amazing on the West Coast here. Um, that's that true. hurt, though. That's true. <laughs> but, but I have found this community uh, to be very collaborative, uh, very open, very inviting to groups like us that are a little bit on the edge and wanting to help drive collaboration within the nonprofit community. Uh, the community foundations here were very, very supportive. Uh, the Gulf Coast Community Foundation and Venice uh, really got behind us and helped us to move here. We were really appreciative of them. Um, it, it is such an inviting environment, and it, it allows us to make some mistakes. You know, like I've heard you say on your podcast many times before, before about relationships. When you have relationships, there's a level of forgiveness. There's trust, and there's a level of forgiveness. Okay, I, we're, we're figuring this out together. And now we've got the idea in place, so we're now working out, okay, so what happens when someone, you know, those micro details. Um, and, and, our, and then what we will continue to do is we're ready to go to Houston, Central Virginia, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Oakland, San Diego. Uh, we will add additional spots um, because what we do globally, we can do out of Charlotte, North Carolina, and we do. Uh, or we, do we work with our national partners and our global partners out of Charlotte. Um, but when we work into a community, it's not about a technology, although it's important. It's not about uh, a service, although it's important. What it's about is the relationships. And being there, right? We have someone on staff. That is her job in Sarasota is to love on our partners, to get to know them, to love on them, to support them. When I'm here, I go to all of the events that I can go to. I go to the the fundraising events. We do that. That's what we do um, here. And that for us, that's what it's about. You know, if, if I'm not building or developing these relationships and I'm just providing something that's, that's great, but it's not as wonderful as it is if, I'm, if we're working on the relationships and focus on it. No, that's, that's true. It, it's back to that intentionality, you know. And uh, I know you and I both read John Maxwell over the years, and it's about intentionality and being dedicated at what you're doing. And, I'm so thrilled to hear about the growth because um, when Connie and I are talking this morning over coffee and talking about, you know, getting having this time with you. And and I said to her, I, I said, do you remember when we went to the grand opening in Charlotte? You know, 
And now here you are, you know, bam, growing again. And it's just so cool to see that that perpetual motion. And I know that it's kind of like the Beatles, you know, a twenty-year overnight success. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've seen you've seen it's not certainly not overnight. <laughs> you saw the it, ugly it, crying tears, coffee. Oh no, what am I doing? But no, it's called great. the fetal position, trying to figure out how to make payroll. That's right. You've seen that in yeah. me, and you've helped me through that. So, <laughs> well, only because I've been there and done that. Uh, so, I was actually telling our guest uh, that we recorded last weekend about it that I won't share the name yet because he's he he gave us a great interview. But we were talking about raising money for a particular thing and. I'm like, if you haven't laid in the kitchen floor at 3 a.m. and cried in the fetal position, you probably haven't right. done it yet, you know. So definitely definitely appreciate the uh, the scar tissue. So what's on the horizon? What what what's the vision? What what's next? What's and I don't mean next like next week, but you know, here here you've built platforms and you set a suite of, of opportunities or suite of, of uh, niche products. What, how do you first? How do you see it going forward? What What do you continue to do better, bigger, differently? Well, there's there's um, we, we want to grow, obviously, because I think the need is out there. It's not that we're we're just responding to a need. Um, every time we deploy assets or give savings or do what we do, you know, it, it's, it's it's you know, this is an unofficial measurement of success. You know, because we measure everything. I mean, we have KPI all over the place. Um, but one of the unofficial measurements of success is do they cry? Because someone actually cares and is willing to get in behind them and say, look, we're, with, we're in this with you. But for us to grow, we're, we grow in kind of three areas. One of them is we, we expand the number of programs we have. Uh, we, we, of course, do things in disaster response to help mitigate the second disaster, the unsolicited gift in kind that shows up. Um, last week, we just launched a new program with a... I can't, I don't think I can say the name, but it's a very large company in um, Charlotte, based in Charlotte, um, that, that they give a large amount of money to a lot of nonprofits and they've contracted us as a, as a uh, nonprofit they support to, to help build the capacity of other nonprofits they serve. They have more money, but the nonprofits can't quite handle the money unless they have their infrastructure tightened up. So they're in essence contracting, that's what we'll call access to impact. So more of a consulting role of helping them deploy their money. It is. And what we do is, and again, because for us, it's about the relationships. And, and we do, our team, we have some expertise in, in the nonprofit industry. We understand what they go through. And we, we do speak both tech and nonprofit. That's the one thing about Aparo at Kim's. You know, they speak tech and nonprofit. We speak a lot. We speak nonprofit in business. And we, we speak nonprofit in operations. And we speak nonprofit in other things. So, you know, it gives us a chance to go in and help them be better. That's another program. So right now we're, we're, we're working out the details of the regional expansion model, and we will continue to grow in regions. Um, we will continue to grow in programs, really just meeting the needs of the nonprofit partners to help them stay focused on what it is they do well. So just a, a question that came to mind while you're talking about the expansion. Are you uh, – invited into some facilities and, and giving uh, and, and being given an opportunity to set up shop within their facilities. Uh, are you able to grow that way or are you, are you always outside on your own? Uh, we're still new. So we're pretty much outside on our own. Gotcha. I'm just thinking of 
I mean, here I am trying to problem solve for you, but I'm always thinking of ways like, you know. I've got my coffee. Let's have it. Let's get another cup. And here we go. This is, we're back to where our old relationship is. Oh, my God. We, 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 we stayed well caffeinated back then for sure. Well, that, that's, uh, that's cool. And I love to hear that the relationships are, you know, germane to, to what you do because I know that. I know that about you. Um, it, it's, um, it's just phenomenal. I mean, Tyler, I mean, here you, you've listened to, to us for a little bit ramble here and, and heard this, this, you know, such a unique business model. Uh, I don't know of another one like it. I'm sure there's something similar, but it, it's, it's pretty darn rare. What, what's your take on it? How, you know, I know you're in Dallas and, um, Stephen will want to be out there, uh, buying you a barbecue sandwich one day and, and talking about where to set up shop. But how, how does it, how does it sound to you what he's doing? It's incredible stuff, you know, and then especially uh, right off the beginning when he was talking about, uh, you know, artists and um, you know, sometimes a, a community of artists, uh, someone has to build the wall and uh, you know, that's not, or lay the bricks and that's not always uh, someone's forte. And being someone that kind of comes from more of that, kind of background that that's absolutely the case and so i think that that uh, i think the idea behind everything is is incredible and what you guys are doing is is amazing and i'm i guess i'm curious just where maybe where the idea for this came from initially Stephen. was there a time when you uh I, I, was there a light bulb moment for you or was this kind of always in the back of your mind somewhere thinking hey this is something that we'd really like to, to do at some point no, this was, uh, this is, it's always been a heartbeat of mine to be in the operation infrastructure of nonprofits and ministries. Uh, but no, the idea came on Uncle Tim's Island, Wellfleet, Mass, July 2007. <laughs> Not that you remember that. Not that I remember that. It was, it was, a, there was a horseshoe crab kill and there were a lot of dead horseshoe crabs around the Uncle Tim's Island and we were walking around just looking at it. And then I realized it is time to start a nonprofit organization. Um, cause I'm never going to change the culture. I, we've all listened to the Dan Pilatus talk on Ted talk and, um, and, and he's right, but what he's calling for is something I don't think that we can get to easily, but what I can do is do what I do well, which is help organizations operate better. And so that's what we do. And so it was in 2007 when we launched it and we spent a lot of years doing research, trying to understand what's the best way, what are the services nonprofits need and and you know and I've been in some really big organizations that had enormous amounts of cash but they weren't investing it in infrastructure and we were trying to do really large infrastructure projects that we just didn't have the money to do and needed to do so the the point of this of restore global really the the programs are interesting but the point of it is is to come in beside as a is a nonprofit partner we are nonprofit so um, we are perceived, we both in reality and are perceived as a partner. And, and we can take on core values like, one of our core values is we are fiscally responsible, but not financially motivated. What that means is I do the things I have to do to keep the lights on, but I'm not concerned about making money. So if a nonprofit comes in, if a small regional nonprofit comes in and says, I need these clothes, but I can't afford the service fee, then fine, take it. I'm not concerned about that. Um, so we're able to do things that a typical business would not be able to do. And with a distributive um, business model like we have with small regional warehouses that are supported with a national infrastructure, 
um, we're able to be a little more nimble and flexible. See, I jumped right in between the nonprofit speak and the business speak just like seamlessly. But that's where you live, man. You're always trying to balance that equation. Um, because if you run a nonprofit, like most people run a nonprofit, they need people like you. So if you run your nonprofit differently, you're able to serve them better. And, um, you know, it, it, for me, having been on several boards of nonprofits, there's always room for continual growth because, all right, A, everybody's there part-time except the ED usually uh, who's overworked, understaffed, underpaid, under everything because there's always the financial pressure. Um, there's a, a fundraiser going on 24-7, 365. And it, it takes an outside view, a business view to come in, which is why they have boards to begin with, and, and say, look, let, yes, it's going to cost 100000 now this year, but look at the long-term benefit. And, and when you're in the battle, though, you don't always see that. So I think having your perspective from a, from a business nonprofit really is valuable, as well as outside board members. So I, I definitely see that where that consultation piece you're talking about could really take off for you as well. It is. And we really love that. But I keep, I keep coming back to this because it's so critical to what we do. Yes, all of that's true. But for us, it's all about the relationship with the nonprofit director and the nonprofit staff. It really is. So do you find yourself uh, taxed for time? Because you are very central to the business. Um, so how, how do you... I guess without giving me your next 20 year plan, um, how do you start bringing in, adding to, supporting differently so that you can continue to grow? Because if you don't, you're going to stagnate when your, your, your calendar's so darn full. You, you couldn't add another appointment on it if you wanted. Right. So I've been very intentional about that. We, we started Restore Global from the very beginning to be scalable. And, and our business model is that we are nationally supported, but we're locally implemented. And what that means is our relationships are at the local level. So um, in Charlotte, um, we have a regional partnership manager, and his job is to do nothing but maintain relationships. In Sarasota, we have a regional partnership manager. Her job is to do nothing but relationship management. And I do other relationships. So what that's done is that's allowed me to step back a little bit as the primary relationship person. You know, I, you know, is a like Greg, you know, you've seen, you probably heard me say this before is that any leader of an organization is to build a team. So you're the useless accessory. I want to be the least important person. I, all I do is share vision and maintain some relationships, but I want to build a team that, that can maintain those relationships. And, and it's, and it's a core structure of our, um, organizational chart relationships take a very take a very prominent part in our relationship chart or in our in our org chart there's the relationship people and so um, we are professionals we are um, people who have experience in the nonprofit world most of them I think all of our relationship people are all former EDs of significant nonprofits so they can they understand they can sit and talk and they, and they know the need they know the need and so um, you know those are the things that are important for us. But for us to be able to grow is, you know, Greg, you know, I'm an introvert and people don't agree, think I'm an introvert, but I am. Um, 
But you know, for me, it's hard. What are the what are the important relationships? And how do you maintain that? And honestly, those are the things I'm dealing with personally right now. Is you know, the number of relationships I need to maintain is beyond the capacity that I have to do that. And and now, how do you do that? How do you, how do you continue to maintain those relationships? And I've heard a you know a couple of podcasts where you've given some insight in that. Um, so those are the things I'm struggling with now. You know, like we've said, Greg, we're both lifelong learners. Those are the things I'm reading about right now. Those are the podcasts I'm listening to right now. Is how do you maintain relationships, the capacity of relationships when you don't have the capacity to maintain them? Yeah, it's so interesting because then you get into the dynamic of, of prioritization. And that's the worst thing in the dang world I ever want to do is have to decide who to spend a quality hour with. You know, is it you or is it Tyler? Because I only have one hour today. Right. And, you know, Tyler's going to win this battle just because he holds hostage. Uh, he holds me hostage on so many items. Right. Now, you really you do get into a, a real uh, dichotomy of having to make tough decisions or are you having that conversation? And, and this is what I find myself doing a lot uh, inside and outside of business is having the conversations deeper, but less often. And, um, you know, we're like, I've got a lunch appointment on uh, Thursday this week with a young guy who I'm, I'm offering some, um, he's buying lunch and I'm giving free advice. So I, I don't know how that's going to work for him, but um you know, I want to spend some real quality time with him. And I have an hour and a half that day, you know, just because I have a real job in the morning, I get a lunch break and then I'm going to scramble to make that happen with him. And, you know, all the stuff that goes into that. But I, I want to be able to give him really quality time. And I'd rather do that for an hour and a half focused as opposed to doing two 45 minute coffee chats. So I find myself leaning more toward going deeper as opposed to more often, you know, for whatever that's worth. I agree. I, I, my, my conversations and meetings now tend to be more intense and tend, tend to have a little more higher energy. Um, and, um, and so, you know, like you said, you, you, I don't have time to let's, let's chat for 45 minutes in the next meeting. Let's, let's really dive deep. Let's, let's just jump in it. Let's just dive. No, in. no pre-meeting, right? No, because the most of the relationships. I mean, Greg, if you and I sat down and had coffee, I mean, we would go deep instantly, uh, and and be able to talk about real things that are going on in our lives, uh, and that's what I love. That's the relationships that I want, and I think as we build an organization, those are the relationships that I want my team to have with the nonprofits. Let's let's not let's not chat about the weather because it's it's hot. And it's rainy in Florida. It's summertime. It's hot and rainy. We know that. Let's talk about the real things you're facing, the real things that you're dealing with, and what are the ways that we can help. Just jump in it. Just get in. Man, that that's so so spot on. I I, I remember uh, one of the young ladies who used to work for my company, Airtight. Um, sweet soul, still a, still a great friend. She was having this conversation over and over and over with this guy who wanted to go to lunch every Wednesday and talk about the same old crap for the same old reason and never issuing a PO for us to come do any work. So finally I said, Hey, this week I want you to, I pulled out a $20 bill. I said, just mail this to him. And she's like, what for? I said, so I don't have to waste that $20 and your hour and a half. Just mail him the darn money because you're not getting anywhere anyway. So she did uh, basically some form of that. Um, 
turns out a month later, the guy finally got it when he said, you know, because she was able to say, look, we got to get down to business. I mean, we've talked about Little League. We've talked about all that crap. It's time to rock and roll. And when, when people are trying to do something that they're passionate about, and believe it or not, she was passionate about air conditioning, thank God. You got to go. I just can't give you $20 a week to go buy this dude's lunch because he wants to talk to a nice looking young lady. Right. And, and those are the conversations we have. You know, we deal with a nonprofit that says, I've got a thousand kids that I need to give backpacks for, but I've got enough money to get, you know, 700. Well, let's, let's fix it. Let's, let's deal with it. Let's get that fixed. Let's go to work on the three and not worry about the rest. That's right. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get this. We're going to solve this problem. We're, we are t- together. We're going to get this thing fixed. And let's not talk about, you know, how great things are. Let's, 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 let's move on. The community needs our help. So, so I'm, gonna, I'm not going to go political, but I'm going to go to a politically charged situation because I'm concerned about it as a human is, is our migrant issue, um, regardless of your politics. How how are you impacted by events like that that are happening where we're ingesting a lot of people that need a lot uh, from a government standpoint, but yet the government's not going to be able to fulfill all those little bitty needs of that border? How does that hit comp- uh, or organizations like yours? Well, there's there's two ways that uh, well, you should say this because we're dealing with this right now uh, as we speak. Um, we're working through other things. There's there's two ways that we can support. Um, one is uh, the, the nonprofits that are supporting that community. Uh, we're behind them, and we, we support them and serve them and resource them and give them whatever they need and help them because they're being overwhelmed, honestly. The uh, the second is is where they're, they're, the, the needs are so broader than – then the, then the ability for organizations to effectively manage some of those support needs. So we're considering stepping into some of those needs and then either spinning it off as another nonprofit or turning it into something else that is not us. That's not our business. Our business is not direct support. Our business is indirect support. Right. Uh, but the need is so overwhelming. And we're this is not an ego statement, but we're really good at managing these things. This is what we do. Right. So we're exploring stepping in there and um, kind of launching the meeting some of the needs as a restore global entity that will ultimately spin off into something we support. Gotcha. Well, again, it's just an important topic. I mean, humanitarianism crosses all boundaries to me from just my personal belief. Uh, Whether you happen to agree with it, don't happen to agree with it, whatever, you know, a kid's a kid, sorry. And I've struggled with that, um, drawing the line. Um, but anyway, um, glad to, I'm glad to hear that piece of, of your equation. And I, I I told you what was going to happen, right? I, I just looked down at the clock. I'm like, holy crap, here we are. I know, I know. So, and um, I want to be respectful of your time. I know you're, you've got a lot to do. I know uh, you you continuously work. I mean, I, I see when you send me emails what time it is, I, I, and I know your your computer clock is not that far off. So, <laughs> um, I, I definitely appreciate it. Now, really do, uh, Stephen, thanks for, for taking time and joining us to talk about what you do. Um, where can we... Where, where, so here's one last question. Um, and this is a weird question, so you can... You can 
do the Muhammad Ali uh, juke and jive around the question if you choose to. Do you like people to donate to you? Do you like people to donate to their local entity that you're supporting or both? Both. See, I gave you that out. You did. So for us, because I'll be honest with you, our business model is two-thirds of our total revenue comes from program expenses. Right. Uh, it's, it really is the large international nonprofits that pay fees. The small nonprofits don't pay fees. Our, our fees are such discounted. It's not it's not financially sustainable. It allows us to be fiscally responsible, but not financially motivated. So we do need donors. A third of our revenue yeah. does come from donors. And we do need those who are able to support our scholarship. Uh, allow us to scholarship the, the services we provide for the small regional nonprofits. So if someone wanted to give to us in, say, Charlotte, to support the Charlotte area nonprofits, we certainly would be able to do that. It, you know, like Kim at uh, Aparo, the multipliers are really high. So for every donor dollar we receive, we're able to deploy some 30, 40, 60 times that in resources to a nonprofit. That's what, incredible. It's the same with Kim. It's the you know the the value that Aparo provides is overwhelming. I mean, I don't I don't know why anyone would not want to support Aparo or even Restore Global, or because when because when you get behind a capacity building nonprofit like Aparo or Restore Global or Community Tool Bank, the the our ability to serve the community just extends beyond just giving someone a cash donation. Well, it's it's the compounding interest philosophy. You know, if you give seven here. And you get forty nine back over there, instantaneously. It, it, yeah, I get it. So we're we're. But that being said, um, supporting local nonprofit, they need they need the cash as well. So we love absolutely. to see that. I mean, I don't ever want to say that that's you know no that that's that's really really important to us because that when they operate well, when they have the resources to operate well, then we have the ability to step in behind them and say, look, let, let's go. And, and, and a lot of times our job is to help nonprofits be able to take in more money. Um, that's what we want to help them do. Well, tell us how people can uh, find out more about you, the effort, the mission, the and, and to donate. You got a, I'm sure you got a big old donate button. We do. Every nonprofit has a donate button. Oh, and by the way, I'll tell you a secret. For nonprofits that join it, we pay less than 1% off of our credit card swipes because we're part of the buying group, by the way. Oh, secret. So, yeah. So all the ways we help nonprofits save money. Um, just go to our website, RestoreGlobal.org. Um, there are um, that's that way you can learn about our team. You can learn about uh, our cities. You can learn about what we do. Really, the things we need are we need volunteers and we need nonprofits to serve. So, if your listeners are have sit on a board or are really familiar with a the nonprofit, they can go to Restore Global and reach out to one of our contact pages and let the team know that this nonprofit needs your help. Uh, we would love to be able to connect with them and serve them. Um, you know, that's one of the things we try to do. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Tyler, there you have it. Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. Uh, Stephen, thank you so much again for joining us here on Straight Out of Crumpton and, uh, and and telling us a little bit more about Restore Global and, uh, and everything that you're doing. It's amazing stuff. So thank you once again for joining us here on the podcast. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Yeah, it's so cool, Tyler, to see that how, how that whole relationship conversation when we started, when we met, and here we are now, you know, broadcasting <laughs> a message that ties the whole thing in a complete circle. So very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I- incredibly cool and, uh, and amazing stuff. And so, yeah, absolutely uh, thrilled to have uh, someone like Steven on the podcast talking about uh, Restore Global. That's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's amazing stuff. I don't know what else to say besides that. So, uh, so fantastic. So make sure to go uh, check out uh, Restore Global, learn more about them um, and, and so on and so forth. So uh, Greg, 
Thank you again for another uh, fantastic episode, man. Uh, we'll be back soon with more, yeah? Yeah, looking forward to it. We've got a, a, I was looking at the calendar this morning, and uh, we've got some some cool folks coming, and, and just uh, I'm loving the variety of conversations that we're having, but they're all going back to our core, you know, how 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 two people start in a relationship and how things blossom, you know, work, nonprofit, whatever your thing is. And uh, just taking care of each other and sharing the word, you know, about uh, how, how good people are doing good things. So thank you, Stephen, for all you do. And everyone, thank you for joining us for another episode of Straight Out of Crumpton. We'll be back soon with more episodes, like you heard Greg mention. Uh, always have exciting guests on the calendar, and so stick around. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with the latest episodes. But until then, for Greg Crumpton and for our guest today, Stephen Ray, I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you.